0: Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Buy or Sell What
2: the Hell with Jason Jenkins, Alex Z, and D.
3: J.J. began his career at Charles Schwab as a trader in the equity options markets before moving to the sell side to trade fixed income at VFinance, JDB Financial, and CG Capital. With over a decade of experience in trading U.S. treasuries and building out institutional analysis, he covered
1: all the primary dealers, large buy-side money managers, and hedge funds. And
3: now, he's applying his expertise to the cryptocurrency markets.
1: Do you buy or do you sell?
3: All right, and welcome back another episode. March? Oh, it was not March. I see three twenty-four on my screen, and that three makes me visualize that think it's actually March when it's April. How are you guys doing? I'm doing hey. well. Jason, back here with
2: Demetric and Alec, as usual. Yep, back What's again, on guys. What? Episode number 23 of Buy or Sell Without. What's going on? Not a mucho. Michael Jordan. That's right. That means we're going to get a triple-double, whatever that means in podcasting. Doesn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) But welcome back, you guys. And uh, as usual, we're going to hit you with some Bitcoin movement, what it's been up to since the last time we spoke to you, then some market news. And us commenting on the market news, and um, you know how the show goes. We're pretty lax, so um, JJ, you could take it away. What's um, what's Bitcoin been up to since last Friday, last Thursday?
3: Yeah, well, it's finally had a nice tone shift in the market. So today being Tuesday, last Thursday we had talked about. Wednesday, the, small, the smaller cap names, the altcoins, they actually started to turn up on the intermediate term first. And we said, you know what, that's interesting because we haven't seen a higher high in weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, really, this intermediate term weakness in the overall market started in January, but definitely was in an intermediate term downturn as of February. And so as anybody that's been sitting around, sitting through this lack of energy knows that the week before last was absolutely miserable. I mean, I think we maybe did like two trades all week and there was just zero energy. And then that all changed last week. So we, we thought Wednesday was interesting. The alts moved first and then we had a huge, huge squeeze Thursday um, that we talked about Uh, just seemed like, it seemed like a lot of the shorts were pretty confident the week before. A lot of them are still underwater just from talking to different traders and just kind of having the ear to the ground. And so that's always the start of a rally, but I really think this last week was very meaningful. The market held exactly where it should have longer term if you're looking at a weekly chart of Bitcoin. So we've been, we've been pretty consistent saying 6,000 is – you want to be a buyer back towards the bands on the weekly chart. That's where we should get a higher low. If we hold, then you know the long-term uptrend's still in place. If you can't hold six thousand, then there was a lot of risk below that that area. And so, so far, so good. We still we still need to kind of break some pivots on the daily and weekly chart and then you will have even more momentum on the longer term. Right now you have no upside momentum longer term. This is all just an intermediate term pop and we'll see if it can follow through, but we've we got pretty aggressive into the end of last week and added, put some cash to work and we've had some good trades and we've had a 77% move on Cardano off the lows of our of our lowest buy signal. The move in salt was similar. Uh, we had good buys on Monero. We added to We added the BTC, Litecoin, and Ethereum all last week, so we got a we got some decent follow through, you know, to start the week, which is exciting. You can kind of see the the attitude changing on Twitter. You guys, have you guys, you guys echoing the same? Yeah, there's
0: there's just been an overall tone shift.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's good. I could see that too. Uh, The sentiment's definitely swinging at least back neutral. Because for a good three weeks there, it was like, this is the end, fellas. (laughs) Grab the life vest. (laughs) It's going down. But um, it always gets like that in in crypto before um, somebody sees an opportunity and starts
0: things going the other way. Yeah, it just takes that one catalyst, which I don't know. What was the catalyst that turned it? I I don't even remember any news stories that...
3: No, there really wasn't. I mean... um... I think it was more reflexive, more than anything, mm-hmm. just just meaning that, just position sizing, and it was a very technical move. A lot of a lot of these crypto traders got their trend lines drawn down and their wedges pretty, pretty, you know, well covered in this market. So that that snapped. Um, I think it was mostly positioning. We really didn't have that much news that day.
2: Mm-mm. Um, we didn't have much news. And, I mean, there really hasn't been any huge news. I mean, there was Coinbase hired somebody and bought a second ship. Um, (laughs) I actually like the Earn.com business model. I know I'm, like, in the small camp of people that do, but, I mean, I think it's... Just because I've tried to release a survey on the internet before, and usually everybody's like, F your survey. I'm not answering anything for you.
0: What uh, is the uh, business model? For I me,
2: it's like, if you need people to answer a survey, then you allocate a certain amount of money, and that almost guarantees you're going to get the amount of responses that you need to write the write-up or mm-hmm. do the thing that you need to do. So, like, if you need 500 responses you give them a thousand bucks and you charge everyone or you give everyone two dollars. Right. And then that increases the likelihood that you get your 500 responses. I get that. That's kind of cool. And then instead of having a cost per user, that's kind of lessened by the fact that you have other users paying other users. So like if you make a website, basically the biggest metric you look at is cost per user. Like, how much did it cost me to build this thing? How much does it cost me to keep it running? And then take the that number and divide it by the number of users that you get. But if that cost is kind of uh, I don't know cut down by the fact that you're getting revenue from other users paying other users, then you know you can branch off of your website a little bit more and yeah. make money faster. But they haven't made any money yet.
0: And that's
2: <laughs>
0: that's so, pretty apparent. So so earn, but is the goal to have like earn crypto now?
2: Yeah, you earn an crypto.
0: Answer? So like you, um,
2: you get like $2 in Bitcoin. And if you answer your own emails or if you respond to survey questions, basically if you respond to anything, you get paid for it. So it's also good for like, if a celebrity wants to maybe, I don't know, cut corners and say, I'll charge you $100 to email me, I'm going to see it, just like I'd see a tweet, or I probably don't see a tweet anymore because my PR guy handles my tweets. But if you want to email me specifically, it's 100 bucks. If I respond, I get paid. If I don't, I don't care about you at all. So I don't know, there's other yeah. options there.
0: <laughs> seems like a, I'm lot in, of, a lot of information they'll have access to I'm in a small camp oh. a lot of people think it was a dumb move but
2: Balaji's a smart move it's like picking up A-Rod back in the what late 90's Ooh! when it comes to uh... that's right I know a little baseball JJ a little bit a, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a tiny bit baseball's not my favorite it's a little but, slow yeah there was no big news, um, so the price is just doing what it does. But there has been some news. Um, we talk about regulatory trends quite a lot on this show because it seems natural because those seem to be the, I don't know, biggest indicators of how the institutions feel towards this new asset class. What mm-hmm. do you guys think?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> regulation – is probably the number one thing on agendas as far as, you know, what we got to take care of before we get this institutional money and these institutional players committed into the market. So, you know, that's what I think what the market anchored on a lot on the way down was, they you know, we, we kind of viewed regulation as, hey, you're getting in the way and, you know, they're going to outlaw crypto and, oh, my gosh, here they come. But really, it's, you know, it's actually what we need so that these back offices and all these regulated industries and regulated as finances already, they can participate. So, <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's interesting seeing some of these exchanges just shifting around jurisdictions like crazy. I
1: yeah. think
0: Binance, what, they, they had just gotten approved in Japan, I guess, allegedly, and then they had just... Moved to Malta. Was it last week? Mm-hmm. So, uh,
2: yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. I'm was not that? sure, but yeah, they're going to Malta. Um, then earlier today, we see the news: Kraken won't be releasing the Kraken anymore in Japan, so they're moving too. Um, so at, at, it's kind of contradictory, though. I think I figured it out, and I want you guys to follow me on this one. So they're cracking down. And then at the same time, we've got Kristen Lagarde, um, the head of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, being really vague about things, saying uh, um, basically, uh, if we're going to regulate this stuff, we need to think about it nice and long and hard. So we regulate smart. And it's like, okay, so that doesn't say anything.
3: Yeah. So it's like, well... (laughs) What, what's your timeline? Because you guys have had like several years to kind of figure out what Bitcoin is. I mean, that, BT, BTC white paper has been on the Internet last I checked for
2: quite a while. About eight years now. Ooh. So I guess they're taking their sweet time. Uh, Kristen Lagarde looks like a, the bad guy in one of those like. Like uh, what's those teeny bopper movies like Maze Runner or was one with the chick with the bow and arrow? Fucking <laughs> Hunger Games, no. Hunger Games. Yeah, she looks like the bad guy in a Hunger Games movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like my my daughters watch Mickey Mouse Club or something on Disney Channel, and she's like, yeah, give <laughs> her Just Maybe. another another unelected, uh, you know, uh, overlord. One of our financial <laughs> overlords that can
2: <laughs> part the skies and you know walk on water. I guess my theory with all that is why it seems to be clamping down on some areas and being really vague in other areas and slightly positive at times is because I think banks literally make money off of uncertainty. Like, if everything were for certain that my money wouldn't get stolen by someone, then I would not never have put it into a bank, right? If it were certain, but it's not certain. So I put it into a bank. Yeah. Right? And so if an asset class is like certain to be there, then you can't really make profit off of holding it or managing it for someone. So I think like there's always at the end of every board meeting in a place like IMF where they're like, Hey, make sure we sprinkle in a little uncertainty, you know, like just make sure we keep the people guessing because we make money if we're keeping the people guessing.
3: So yeah. And they they have their hands full enough as it is. I mean, Europe's, on the brink of a banking crisis. So she's, I mean, I, I can't stand the the IMF, what it stands for. I think it's even worse. Some of the stuff that she's gotten away with. And, um, but you know, they did actually make a pretty true assessment of the global growth picture and um, just how, I mean, if, if the ECB and IMF use the same banking standards that, you know, they're making all the other banks abide by and, all the Basel II stuff, and you know how they classify things on their bank balance sheets, I mean all these governments and these central banks would you know <laughs> wouldn't even wouldn't be allowed to even exist based on their same standards mm-hmm. so they they know the issues that are, are exist in Europe, and you know she's got her hands full there. I don't think they have time to deal with this crypto. they probably realize that they want to use the blockchain somehow and they probably realize that when they do have a banking when we do have this next banking crisis and it's you know these central banks are going to be in trouble they don't think they want to paint themselves in the corner where if people start really losing confidence in you know some of those central authorities that they don't they don't be seen as the only bad guy and they could say oh wait, oh wait no oh, well we see blockchain as a solution um you know, we we want to. I don't know. They 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 maybe want to push their um. Uh, gosh, I lost agenda. Yeah, no, with the um, this their their uh, special drawing rights, their SDRs. Um, mm-hmm. they know there's something serious wrong with the system, and I just don't think they're gonna come out and say anything until there's a
0: crisis. I think uh, I think a lot of it has to go do with the speed. So. Bitcoin was what only used by criminals in the dark web, and then all of a sudden, a year and a half, two years later, there's commercials on TV for exchanges. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone anticipated the speed this was going to catch on. Bitcoin's going to rise thousands of percentage points in years. Yeah, and I don't think these institutions just aren't made to move uh, that fast. To move that fast, yeah. I mean, it takes. I couldn't imagine how long it takes to come up with some of these more intricate uh, yeah. laws and regulations, and they've never had to experience a shift like this. Yeah. A
3: so, good they don't, point
0: out. so they don't know what to do. So they're just one guy saying this, this saying that. I mean,
3: yeah,
2: that's a great point.
3: Well, and two, I think the European Commission, the EU and Brussels is actually, um, that's the stuff that's going to come out from them is actually – what we'd really need to be concerned with. I mean, they've already said you can't short European bonds because they know that once rates rise, they're going to have a hard ass time selling their debt. And so they don't want people shorting because they think if you short the bonds that you're going to exacerbate it and cause the thing to collapse. When the reality is the fact that the governments can, can't stop borrowing. And the fact that they loaded up their countries with, you know, stupid amount of debt relative to GDP that's the real reason why they're not going to be able to sell their bonds. But, yeah, you can't short European bonds. So what are they going to do next? So you can't short the euro? I mean, the more that they pull that crap, that's just the more the market's going to look at that and say, see, we've lost confidence in you guys' ability to so-called central plan the economy. Re- meanwhile, you guys are making it worse, and you guys cause this next you know, financial panic and mm-hmm. but that's what that's what i see coming next i think they, they're gonna have their hands full with bonds and they're gonna have their hands full with the euro that i mean if they're trying to if they're trying to keep bitcoin down they're gonna have much bigger problems but you're gonna i think you'll see crypto actually benefit from all that the yeah. more that they the more they fall on their face uh people are gonna be like this old system we, we're done with this
2: yeah. I I can't say I'm voting for the collapse of the current systems that are in place, but I am voting for them to realize that you can't keep doing the same things and expect, expecting a different result. Yeah. So that's what I'm voting for. Mm-hmm. But in other news, were you guys pumped that Pornhub takes Verge now?
3: <laughs> I didn't get a chance. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to read the uh to read into that. I saw I saw Re- Everybody in the world in crypto commenting on it,
0: I feel like we shouldn't even allow that name to be spoken on this Verge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's giving it more, uh, just giving more awareness. I mean, uh, man, if I could
2: read between the lines, of all that one of the top executives at at old Pornhub has a shit ton of Verge that he bought from one of oh. his buddies that, told, <laughs> that talked him into buying it.
0: No, I I just see sure. I see Verge. They 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 hyped it up. They made a ton of money, and they offered Pornhub a ton of money. Hey, you should accept Verge. Here's a ton of money. And it got dumped this morning too. Yeah, morning I'm sure. Yeah, tax I'm day.
2: Sure so, oh yeah, we're recording this on tax day. I mean, we forgot to say that. Hope you guys paid your taxes by the time you listen to this. If you didn't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But um uh, Yeah, I mean Alec like you said, they got that, the the price of verge dumped so hard right after this news came out. It is like okay, what are you guys doing over there at Pornhub? What do they uh, do in their ICO, Alec? Did they verge do an ICO verge? Yeah, they I don't did think right? they, they did an ICO. I thought they were just like an alternate blockchain altogether.
0: I, you know, I don't even know. I don't really care either. After yeah. reading what the founders have done, I just the way they present themselves and handle everything just—it's a terrible taste in my mouth. Well, it just makes me want
3: to compete. To be honest.
2: So, I'm looking at this advertisement, and it says, "The future has come," <laughs> and verge r one
3: the future wow. that, like, that's, that's what we've been missing finally we don't need regulation
2: <laughs> we just need verge yeah
3: like
0: why would it be verge it doesn't make any sense like because it be like monero or something
2: because one of those executives is
0: sitting on a bag and he's trying to get rid of it yeah that's a well, partnership i mean even like vcash even dash just anything else please yeah, I mean yes, anything so else many, were, anything else would have made more sense from a payment solution. Zcash, Monero dash like you
2: could just hey, name them. I like I'm weird.
0: actually I'm actually advocating for dash right now. Over <laughs> and I never thought I'd advocate for partnerships.
3: I think Verge might be the next one on Coinbase.
0: <laughs>
2: really? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it is
0: know. private. It's a privacy coin, so there's that. Well, we all gotta remember that BitConnect also made it to the top ten. So,
3: Ooh, nice. oh,
2: I might have to eat my foot, guys. Oh. Um, many moons ago on the Bitcoin podcast, I asked the question. I said, "Um, why can't why can't they be black papers?" <laughs> I was <just> joking. <laughs> and Verge oh. is calling theirs the black paper. Oh,
3: just it isn't it really?
2: It is. It,
3: Maybe they're they're listening right now. I hope we are not hurting their feelings.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff with the onion routing. You know, maybe I should stop shitting on them and check them out. There's no telling why Pornhub does what they do outside of porn. But anyways, moving on (laughs) from that. Is there any other news that you guys think? kind of affected the market or has the potential to affect the market that we didn't bring up at all?
3: No, I mean, I I think um, the last week was the first strong week we've had in a while. So, you know, one day doesn't make a trend, one week doesn't make a trend. So <clears throat> we're using this, you know, just so people can maybe get a visual listening. You know, we rallied close to our pie line if you're looking at a four-hour chart. So considering... The move from six thousand six hundred. There's a couple. We bounced off the bottom down there a few times early April. Then we had the squeeze last week. You we rallied back to pie about close to basically eighty four hundred. Now we're trading at seventy eight eighty. Um, but we were kind of looking for this zone back here, seventy four hundred, seventy five hundred, where we're gonna we're gonna add to some stuff that we took off on this 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 bounce here yesterday. Um, so we're bullish unless unless you get me back below that monstrous candle, what we call real money candle from the 12th, which was, that was Wednesday, right? Or Thursday, whatever that big, crazy 15% move we had, you know, in an hour, as long as we're above that low, which is about mm-hmm. 6,800, as long as we're above 6,800, I think the markets, you know we're going to stay pretty active looking for some follow through on this.
2: What'd you say yeah. would be a major bullish trend? What would change the, the, yeah, the what would be time? a total because I know you say all the time, this isn't a bear market. In fact, I saw your post earlier today in our chat room, like this is a bear market and it was three years of the S and P going down. Yeah. And then the next bear market was like two years of the S and P going down. Yeah. And crypto. We're like, Oh man, three hours. Three Bro, hours wow. is enough. Oof, that was a long bear market. I'm glad that's over. <laughs> you know, three, three hours is enough for me. I need to start seeing yeah. some green percentages. Oh. Throw up an hourly chart. Yeah,
3: so, you know. Um, <laughs> so no, you're, no, you're right, Dimitri. So, you know, we talk about our chat room a lot. So. If if, you know, people go to Jenkins RM for risk management, JenkinsRM.com. In the top right, you see the chat. You can come in there. It's free to come in. And we were posting today, and I'm just bringing it back up. But I did a, a logarithmic chart of the S&P. So for those people that maybe don't know, there's linear charts. In other words, you can look at the price on a linear um, uh, scale when you're bringing up a chart. And all that is is you're just – uh, standard price movement or area on the chart is this, it's all the same distance. Uh, the log scale on the chart is great for the longer time horizons because it's going to take the same percentage move between uh, same percentage move on the chart and then when you get double that same percentage move it kind of expands it so you can get a better perspective of the longer term because otherwise when you have a raging bull market or like if you go look at the Dow, and on a linear scale, you can't see the the chart's just a flat line back in the 1920s and you know 30s and 40s, just because the percent that we've moved over time, you only see the right hand side of the chart. So anyway, when you want to you want to see what a real long term bull market looks like, you bring up the log the log chart of BTC going back to. I use Bitcoin.com for that data and. I mean, we've done nothing but make higher lows. So you haven't had a significant break to a lower low at all. So it's to, this continues to be probably the best, most dominant trend on the planet when it comes to markets um, since since the uh, since the Great Recession, since the 2008 crisis. And then when we look at, if you look at uh, S and P or so SPX, if you look at the cash index we had two recessions 2000 and 2008 and then we had a couple of cyclical slowdowns in 2011 2000 kind of 13 But then this most recent one was 2015 to 2016 and we even started to see a little bit downtrends in 2000 um 11 and 2015 on that on those charts but on the big ones when the dot com market Collapsed and then when we had real estate collapse, both of those um, those were real bear markets. Those lasted two years, and you can see that on the log scale, even of the of the SPX, it's obvious what a bear market looks like. So we're not. So I think it's proper to put it in con- in context. So you know, Dimitri, you said, "Well, what is it? What gets us really bullish longer term?" Mm-hmm. So the long term chart right now, when you want to look at a trend what classifies a trend when you're in an uptrend is higher lows and higher highs. So the long-term view of Bitcoin, the higher lows that needed to hold was right around the 6,000 area. Basically on the weekly level, it held exactly where it should have. And so that keeps the long-term uptrend in place. So there's no bear market until you start making lower lows and lower highs. We don't have that on the long-term, but we do have we're so we're making higher lows, but we do have a series of lower highs that's been defining the intermediate term downtrend and so to get that so you can still have higher lows, but then you can have lower highs relative to other pivots, and to get the momentum, you need fresh new highs and so to get some of those newer highs, you need to get above nine thousand and then you need to get above twelve thousand we get above there and then. It's gonna look like, you know, it's basically a brand new uptrend on all time frames at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> kind that's
2: of good enough kind of, for me.
3: Kind of hard to visualize when you're listening. Uh,
2: that's why you come into the chat. That's so why you come into the so chat. I get involved and come to the live the live trading session. Oh,
3: yeah, I've been doing so many lately. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so, so it's this Saturday, right, D?
2: Yes, Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern is uh, when JJ's going to be doing a live trading session because we know you guys have listened well, this is episode 23 now, and like JJ says all the time, it's really hard to visualize um, by just listening to us talk about it. Um, so you should see it happen. You should see the live trading go down by JJ on Saturday morning. I mean, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be putting off your honey do list for another week. Mm-hmm. You're going to be listening to your kids watch Power Rangers, or
3: <laughs> you're going to be and trying the hockey to. Does, hockey doesn't start till way later, and maybe a one o'clock game. But that's that's why we're doing that earlier.
2: Yep. Uh, let's see. Maybe there's a game. I think what is it? NBA's in the final in the in the postseason, right? Yeah, Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: So if there's a game, it's not happening until the evening. You know there's no game, postseason game, happening at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern. There's, there's literally nothing that you're probably doing. And we know that thousands of you are listening to this. So what do you should what should you do at the time? You should watch JJ trade and ask him questions at the same time. Yeah. So... Um, it's nice. Markets will be open, you know. Yep. Crypto doesn't sleep. So, um... If you want to know how to get to that live trading session, I'll be posting information about it all throughout the week in our Slack under hashtag Price Talk. So if you're listening and you haven't joined the Slack yet, you're slacking. I hope you see what I just did there. Mm -hmm. And you slide into the Price Talk channel, and you're going to be getting information on how to get to that live trading room. So um, we're really looking forward to providing that for you guys and you can see it in action instead of just listening to us, talk about it, yeah
3: and uh and also the distributedpost dot com the distributedpost dot com we continue to get more and more people here that want to contribute. We're just aggregating everything that we think needs to be said or put out there, and you know good quality stuff on that site and and this maybe what I'll do is do an article under the markets for trading section that shows the visuals of what we were talking about today.
0: Yeah, so you hear that, guys? Follow at Distributed Post on Twitter if you want to keep up to date with Jason's articles.
2: Yep. Can I say something as for people that do want to contribute, like some yeah. minimum we'll go minimum ahead. qualifications? Can navigate Slack. It's a pretty commonly used tool nowadays. So if you can't navigate Slack, I feel bad for your resume, and or something like it. There's, every company is using something like Slack. Okay, so please know how to use Slack and um, be willing to learn how to use Trello. Those two small qualifications so we can get this thing up and spinning.
1: Nice. I
0: like it. Okay. Um, That's all I got, boys and girls. Yeah, until next time.
2: Wrap it up.
1: Me now, me me now, now now me now me now.